Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room, and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally-featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT, You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. Raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more. Hey everyone and welcome to the College Prep Genius Podcast and this is episode 68 and today we are going to talk about college grants and on the line with me is Jean Burke who is the creator of College Prep Genius. Before I pull Jean in um, to tell you all this great stuff, I want to remind you um, of a couple of things. The first is to subscribe to her podcast and how do you do that if you have a smartphone or iTunes or Google Play or even Stitcher, you can go and just look up College Prep Genius Podcast and you can find it or look up Jean Burke. Um, or you can go to the website at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast and there are some nifty little buttons there. And also share this episode with a friend. Each of us has a friend and that's how you can thank us for bringing you these great podcasts for free. And then visit Jean on her website at collegeprepgenius.com. She has um, some amazing freebies. You just have to opt into her um, email list. And also you can find out uh, what's happening um, over there and, uh, you know, get subscribed uh, to one of her online classes. Or if you're a book person and you need the book, you can also get the book and, and uh video, um, which is now a DVD. So, um, you know, you you can do that. So, Jean, today we are, um, as always, looking at ways uh, to get a college education uh, but not have to pay for it. And this is the second in a series of Is College Worth It? The first um, podcast we discussed uh, debt but ways to um, not incur debt. So we we talked about that, and today we're going to talk about grants. Yes, and you know the thing that I love to convey to people because I I so often see fear in the eyes of parents, you know, when it comes to that the word college. Not that they don't not fearing college itself, but the thought of paying for it or the uh, the means to pay it back if you even got some loans or got some money and, you know, which, of course, as we talked about before, that can strap your child, you know, with years and years of debt. Uh, you know, I see this a lot with people that I've met over the years and even adults will come to my booth and say, you know, I'm still paying off my college loans or I just paid them off. And so our goal certainly as a parent is to do whatever we can 
to keep our kids from that, you know, um, type of situation where they'll be strapped and won't have a lot of options for other areas. I mean, I mean, you're, if you think about it, you're just taking four years and then taking 20 years to pay off four years. And so it's not a, not a good investment. So, uh, grants, we're going to talk about grants today, various grants and some colleges, uh, having to do with just grants in general. So grant basically for an easier definition, money you don't have to pay back. You know, that's, that's good news. And, you know, generally to be eligible for any kind of government grants, grants, you must fill out the FAFSA. And we did a couple of podcasts on yeah. FAFSA mistakes and, you know, how most people lose out on that free money from the government when they fill out their FAFSA because they're, they sort of, you know, just jump in there, fill it out and hit that send button. And, you know, it's almost like an act of Congress to get that back. If you, if you did that and then somebody told you, hey, you shouldn't have done that or you should have done this, and then very difficult. So you really want to make sure when you're filling out that FAFSA in your student's senior year um, that you do some worksheets before and you make sure that you know the keys to getting the free money before you hit the submit button. So uh, but so let's talk about some of the um, federal grants that are available. Uh, I think probably the most probably well-known is the federal Pell Grant. And, 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 again, keep in mind, you're not eligible for these until you filled out the FAFSA. So uh, pretty much everybody has to do that. So make sure, you, you know, you, you uh, look into that. And then you've got your uh, Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant, or FSEOG. Uh, then there's the Academic Competitiveness this <laughs> oh, boy, I can't talk today, Competitiveness Grant, <laughs> Academic. That's ACG, uh, the National SMART, S-M-A-R-T grant, and that's an acronym. Uh, and then you've got your TEACH grant, and that's, again, the word TEACH is an acronym. So um, you can put those, you can just kind of Google those to go more into those. But what I wanted to talk about a little bit about when it comes to grants um, um, is uh, a couple things. And first thing I want to talk about is, you know, you, you've got, you know, we talked about in the past the colleges that you can get just free college based on working or based on their endowments. Um, but you, you can take a, co a college, for example, the Moody Bible Institute. And it pretty much provides everything like your full tuition, um, basically through federal grants and institutional grants. Uh, students would, you know, pay for room and board and, and that. But uh, the grant is what will get you the education part of it. So, you know, keep, keep that in mind. And then one of the things um, that I think, you know, we talked about a little bit about when you're looking into a school uh, and, and trying to see what you can afford, that's, that's great. But also keep in mind, just because a, a, a school has a high price tag or a big name doesn't mean your, your child's not going to get in or be able to go to that school and get money for it. And I think – so many people fear that because they're thinking there's no way I can go to a top-tier school or go to an Ivy League school. And so, you know, as we talked about, it, you know, that your SAT scores, and this is what I do is help kids, you know, ace the test, um, that alone, you know, 85% of colleges will admit and give money just on your test scores. But if you are in an income bracket that is uh, a lower income bracket, and, again, that can depend on the school because, you know, Stanford considers $140,000 low income. But if you can get a high SAT score and fall into the lower income bracket, uh, your student can get into the top 25% of colleges. So I want to talk about what's called 
cost containment programs. And this falls under, you know, what we're talking about is grants. Um, these are colleges that actually will reduce the cost by replacing a loan with a grant. And, and very often what this means is full tuition for the families, you know, who hit a certain level uh, or they'll cap a certain loan, um, uh, which would eliminate the family contribution. So pretty much finding ways to, you know, cut or reduce the cost, uh, you know, of attendance. And so when we're talking cost containment programs, we're, we are talking Ivy Leagues. You know, we're talking Princeton. We're talking Harvard, Stanford, uh, you know, even Brown University, but even Boston University or the University of Arizona or Columbia University, Texas A&M, um, Dartmouth. Um, so, it, you know, there's just – you can actually Google cost containment programs and, and get a long list of colleges. Uh, but we're talking some very prestigious, Yale and uh, Michigan, so MU. So, again, when you're looking in colleges, don't necessarily rule out the higher uh, expense, more expensive colleges or top-tier competitive even the Ivy Leagues, because your family could fall under that category where you really could get that. And, I, you know, I remember back when my son was applying for law school, and he only applied for the top tier. That, that, that's just my son. And the way law schools are, are ranked, they're ranked in the top six, they're ranked in the top 13, and the top 50. And so my son didn't apply for really anything beyond the first, you know, I don't know, 15 or so. But he was inundated with tons and tons of free law school offers uh, from colleges, even up to the, the around the 50 mark. Um, but one of the things I remember my son saying was, he said, you know, Mom, if I get accepted to Harvard or Yale, I will have to go. And I don't want to go. He literally was praying that he would not get into Harvard or Yale. He had been to them. He had visited them. Uh, several times and just did not like them, but he knew that if he got in, he would have to go. And so that's not to say that if your child were to get into any school, they have to go, uh, but it's nice to have that opportunity to be able to turn it down. And so fortunately, my son, I think, was waitlisted, ended up going to UVA, which he absolutely loved, which is which which is the number six law school uh, and number one public law school. So but keep keep that in mind because I think that you don't want to rule out a college just because of money or just because of the fact that uh, it's, um, you know, it, it appears to be out of your reach because you, you actually never know. And, and it's, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, checking into it and, you know, just seeing it. And, and your kids might like Harvard or Yale. I mean, my son, as, as an undergrad, when he was accepted to Yale, got an invitation to go to Harvard, I mean, he literally thought, hmm, you know, it's too cold up there. I don't want to go. <laughs> that was just, that was his reasoning for not checking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Texas like, kid. Like <laughs> He's a Texas exactly kid. That's right. You know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I the think they're just warm youth, blooded. They are. Well, you know, youth is wasted on the wrong people, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so, and another thing too, you know, entitlement money often comes in the forms of grants and sometimes direct payments and waivers. Um, so checking into, you know, being a resident, you know, are you entitled? Uh, the single largest entitlement benefit is, is the residency. So just because you live in a particular location, uh, you are usually entitled to reduced t tuition to publicly supported institutions within that jurisdiction. So, uh, so that grant may come in the, under the, the name of entitled. So, so keep that in mind as well. So, um, now I want to talk about a couple 
different types of grants. One is called uh, the Tuition Equalization Grant. And states like my own, which is Texas, provide these. And these are grants that go to resident students who attend a private school in our state uh, because it tends to be more cost effective. And we have a program here in Texas called College for All Texans. And, you know, as long as you're a resident um, and you can meet the need that they're looking for and need, of course, doesn't mean you're needy, but it just means that um, you fall within that range of what the co college costs and, and then how much your family can give. And, and you can main, and if, for example, College for All Texans, if you maintain a 2.5 GPA, um, and as long as the cost of the tuition at this private school is more than it would be at a public school, um, then you can qualify for the uh, tuition equalization grant. So something to look into for your state. And then I want to talk about what's called um, reciprocity. And this is where a lot of states uh, will provide reciprocity within other states. So, for example, if you live in one state, you can actually re receive in-state tuition or reduced tuition to another state or governing state or, or, or vice versa. So there's um, one, one of the, uh, the programs is called the MSEP, and that is the Midwest Student Exchange Program. And so what you do is you end up enrolling as a non-resident. And so if you, you know, this is for those who live in states like Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Wisconsin. So being able to go to a neighboring or nearby state uh, under this grant pro program, you know, again, can reduce your cost of tuition or even hopefully get, you know, everything paid for. Another program is called the Western Under Undergrad Exchange. And these are going to fall into states where basically you live in Arizona, Alaska, California, Colorado, Hawaii, uh, you know, Iowa, uh, Idaho, I'm sorry, and so forth. Uh, again, reducing the tuition as much as 150% for a resident student. So keep that in mind. The and, and this is kind of cool, too. You know, there are programs actually like if you're – you know, going to maybe the University of Minnesota or you live in the Wisconsin area, you can actually have sort of an exchange program with even Manitoba, Canada, uh, back in, you know, again, you know, vice versa for those who live there or those who live here, back and forth. So that's kind of cool, too. So, you know, again, mm -hmm. I always go back to the fact there's so many opportunities out there. I think it's not that the problem is there's uh, that there's not enough information. I mean, there's not enough programs out there. It's more the fact that we just don't know about them. And so once you know that, it just opens up so many doors and things that you wouldn't even, you, you would have never even thought about. Uh, even the New England Board of Higher Education, you know, has a reciprocity program, you know, up in the New England area, Connecticut and Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont. So, um, you know, again, depending on what part of the country you want to go in and where you live at. So I think a lot of times people think about in-state tuition because they live there, it's cheaper. Um, but they might want to go somewhere else and know that this is out there so that if you do want to go a few states over that's maybe in that program, you, you can do that and still have a very reduced tuition or hopefully, you know, have everything paid for. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more programs than I just spoke about, but that at least, at least gets the idea of thinking about, you know, the grants and what's out there. And, you know, again, college can be available for everybody. I think that the fear is, like my mom, 
you know, instilled in us as a young child that, hey, we have no money, don't even think about college. And so it was something that, that we just wrote off and said, okay, you know, because, you know, your parents, I mean, you, you look at them, you trust them. My mom was very ignorant in that area. And um, I'd love for her to be here today to see what I do and, and how I have been able to help lots of people, you know, take that kind of myth and, and blow it out of the water and say, no, it's available. There's so many ways to go to college and even go to college for free. So grant, definitely put grants on your radar. Don't, don't rule them out. And, again, you know, keep in mind, too, that uh, even Harvard has a program called uh, tuition, uh, grading scale tuition. Um, and that, I think, is where you're somewhere between the $120,000 to $180,000 mark as far as your uh, income. Um, and then to be able to, as long as you can get into Harvard, uh, you only have to pay 10%. So sometimes just paying 10% for Harvard can be even cheaper than going to a junior college. So, again, another opportunity that's out there. So that kind of touches base a little bit about grants. All right, Jean, now we're going to discuss some of the specific grants um, that uh, people could apply for. You know, one of the best resources I would really encourage families to uh, start out with when you're looking into getting grants is go to the Sally May website, Sally, S A. L-L-I-E-M-A-E dot com. That's the government website. Uh, it's going to talk a lot more about some of the grants that we're going to be discussing. So it'll also give you tips on filling out the FAFSA. Now, the FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A, stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And it's even if you have a scholarship, you know, all students are pretty much required to fill it out because you can, you know, maximize your chances you know, of getting some federal student aid. Um, so the the website itself, you can go on there. It'll help you. And, of course, we have a podcast that's going to really hopefully help you yeah, not make some common mistakes. That, yeah, that could actually lose you money, and we want to make sure that mm-hmm. you, you do that. So let's talk about some various types of grants. And I want to start off with what's called the FS. EOG, or in other words, the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. And what this is, uh, it helps to assist low-income undergraduate students uh, who really need a lot of help to pay for college. I mean, they really are can be in a very dire situation. So, you know, the awards can range up to around 4000 a year just depending on the, uh, you know, your, your personal situation. So... Um, Definitely check into it. Uh, it again, it's, it's available on availability. You know, we've talked before in the past, you know, about when you're doing your FAFSA, remember the earliest you can do it is October 1 of your child's senior year, and you really want to absolutely do it October 1. And that's why you before that date you, you're going to be filling out some worksheets and making sure that you get it right uh, because you really want to do it as early as possible or, or, or again, the money's gone. Now, First, to apply for the FSEOG, you've got to submit your FAFSA, of course. Um, this is going to um, pretty much allow the college to determine, you know, how much financial need you can actually qualify for. So once you've completed um, and submitted the FAFSA, uh, the schools require a limited amount of these type of funds every year. So, you know, each college has to participate in these, and, or most colleges have to. So, 
you know, once once they've awarded out the FSEOG, um, then that's it. You're done. No additional funds are available. So um, I think one of the best things as a parent, check if you, you know if you know what school your child's going to go to, or you have a couple of mind, check their website or even contact their financial aid department uh, because um, they can give you more specific deadlines. Um, you, you can even visit the FSEOG website as well. Uh, you know, again, eligibility for this is really going to be de- determined based on financial need, um, you know, your e- EFC, which is your estimated family contribution. Um, and of course, um, re- if you receive the, the federal Pell Grant, um, which has the most financial need, um, you, um, then you can receive the FSEOG first. So it, it doesn't have to be repaid back or anything. So I think, you know, depending on your school that you're going to go to, uh, each one has a certain amount of FSEOG money that they give out. So, again, pretty much like all grants, it's a first-come, first-serve. So I, I think that's really important. That's why I'm such a big believer uh, for those students um, to and, and parents to always know that October 1 is the day you should fill out your FAFSA. So many times I've heard over the years how people will say, well, I didn't get any money, and I always ask them, when did you fill it out? And it's usually something like March or April. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, and that's probably the reason or one of the main reasons why you didn't get any money is because that's too late. So just highlight that on your calendar for your child's senior year. Um, but, again, like I said, before that date, you want to make sure that you know how to fill it out correctly so you don't make some mistakes. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the fi- – yeah, you know, and, and the, the crazy thing about it is it, 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 it's, it, it's not something that we just, we just don't know about it. And we literally just take it for granted that we know what we're doing. And, and because you, you wouldn't think there's all these little things that can, you know, ultimately nullify money, and, and there are. So definitely listen to our, right. our podcast on the FAFSA. Right. One thing I want to jump right. in quick, and that is after we did that podcast, I still filled it out wrong. So do listen to the podcast and take notes um, because my daughter had it filled out already. Her um, Both colleges, uh, actually all the colleges the kids applied to um, required that to be filled out, and we did do it October 1st. I let my daughter know. Um, but then I went back and accidentally looked at hers just to check it over and make sure make sure she did it right. Plus, I had to add our financial information and accidentally added it in her section. So I had to wait until it was approved, and then I had to go back and change it. And then she had to let the college know, uh, sorry, my mother kind of messed it up, and you'll be getting a <laughs> renewal. Because once they change it in the system, they send it out to the college again. So that's the good news. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, one of the things that said, you know, make sure that you have the student's information filled out, uh, mm-hmm. their financial information, and don't accidentally put yours in there because that's a common mistake. So um, it, it, yeah. it is. So it I, is. I, it, it, I did it. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's okay. I'm trying to be All too, right. so, too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Your input is always amazing, and I appreciate it. And plus, you have your own stories, and I love that. Right. So let's talk about the federal Pell Grants. Now, this is generally awarded uh, certainly to the undergrad students who have not earned a bachelor's or even a professional degree. So sometimes people who want to go back to college and they're trying to get a second degree and all, then more than likely are not going to qualify for the Pell Grant. But um, 
you're also, here's an FYI, you're not allowed to receive a federal Pell Grant if you are incarcerated, you know, uh, in some kind of federal pr- uh, prison system. And, again, you know, a lot of times those who are inmates want to get a college degree, and, and, and that's great. I, I love that because, you know, that gives them some real incentive on the outside to go and, you know, make something of themselves. But, but you cannot, you know, apply for it if you are um, in jail. So keep that in mind. So the a, a, a federal or penal institution. Now, again, just like loans, uh, a federal Pell Grant is, you know, not – you don't have to repay it back. And pretty much to, to apply, again, you start off with your FAFSA. Again, everything starts with the FAFSA. Uh, so you'll want to fill that out every, every year that you're in school. That, that keeps you eligible for some kind of student aid. And, of course, again, money that you can receive based on the federal Pell Grant is going to certainly depend on um, the school year, uh, the student. Um, you know, I think the maximum award that you can get is, uh, you know, around $6,000. Um, so, again, that's going to be dependent on, certainly on your need, the cost, the COA or the cost of attendance, um, whether your child is actually working in school or not, uh, or if they plan to take on a full academic year. So, uh, you know, again, Pell Grant is there. It's available. Um, I just, you know, if you know, if you don't know if you're going to get it or not, just try for it anyways. I think some people get surprised about how much money they actually end up getting. So, and this is something you know we didn't talk about, but I do want to bring up another type of federal Pell Grant, and that is called um, the Iraq or Afghanistan uh, uh, programs for a Pell Grant, and this is actually. If um, one of your parents happened to perish, you know, in under the military um, when they were, you know, at their job, you know, you know, fighting for a country, um, you could actually be eligible for some additional money. Um, if you know, if at the time of your parents' death, death, you were, you know, under the age of 24 and you were enrolled in college, and so um, again, if you're eligible. Um, for the Pell Grant, then you can also be eligible for this as well if you're in that situation. So, and they'll adjust your your money. Um, so it's called the Iraq and Afghanistan Service Grant. Um, so, it, if you are in that unfortunate situation, then of course you know definitely look into that. And I think you know that can help you with some more money. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, keep that in mind. Okay, so let's talk about what's called the academic competitiveness. <laughs> And say it right this time, uh, grant. Um, and then there's also what's called the National SMART grant. Now, these are two programs that uh, actually fall under uh, – they, they were actually enacted in 2006. And this is to help meet the growing need for improved math and science instruction. You know, I don't need to go on about how we in America probably have some of the lowest science and math uh, students, um, but you know, I don't think it's emphasized as much as it is in some of the other countries. And so these grants were actually enacted to in- encourage students to actually take on more challenging courses in high school. And, you know, obviously when you do that, they, their ultimate goal is certainly for your child to become more successful in these areas. And so if you're, if you have a student who's pursuing, you know, a major like that's very high demand somewhere in the global economy, like the math and sciences uh, or technology or engineering or e- even foreign language, um, then this is something that you should look into. Um, they're available to any student who in their first and second year of, of college, 
Um, and the National SMART grant um, can also be available for the third and fourth year. So, you know, again, a couple more ways that I think our country is really trying to encourage students um, to excel in these areas that we as a whole, as a nation, are lacking. Uh, so the, uh, the academic competitiveness grant program and the science and mathematics access to retain talent grant, um, you can look those up. Uh, there's um, more information online, of course, uh, for students as well as for parents. Um, there's more academic uh, competitive grants um, that recognize state rigorous uh, schools. So keep that in mind. I mean, we have a lot of smart kids out there, and I just don't know. I think, you know, and one of the sad things that I've seen, okay, is I'll be at a conference and a, a student will come up to me and I go, so what do you um, – so what do you plan on doing in your life, or do you have some goals in mind? And some of the things that I've heard is, yeah, I want to I wanna play video games on YouTube and make lots of money. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, I, I know there are people who have done that, I, I've heard. And yeah. it's kind I actually of like. Have a, friend, a friend's <laughs> husband does that. He tests games. But that's very difficult to get into. You know, it's like who well, it you is, know and. And it's difficult, mm-hmm. but yeah, he does. Well, it and not only that. <laughs> oh, well, and not only that. It's kind of been there and done that. I think if you were on the ground right. floor, and you're the first person who did it, and you've got a lot of viewers and likes and all, great. But I think that that something like that is probably something there's not a lot of demand for because so many people mm-hmm. are already doing it. And I mean, what's going to make you stand out? You're just going to watch somebody play video games. I think the sciences and the engineering and the math. Um, these are, uh, you know, as our technology becomes more and more advanced, um, these are fields that are so open and so uh, so vast that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great field to go into. And, and, and the great thing is they're willing to pay, you know, these grants for you to even, even uh, you know, go that direction. So, uh, you know, let's, let's hopefully steer our kids away from video games, you know, uh, in the uh, – in the basement, making money, you know, let's get out and do something. I'm not saying that that isn't okay, uh, but as as parent myself and you, Felice, we, we want to limit our child's screen time anyways. I mean, it does so many physical and mental and emotional things to our children that, again, that's let's, let's make a job that's really worthwhile. So hopefully we can encourage them in that area. Okay, um, let's talk about what's called the TEACH grant, and that's a, spelled out at, just as it sounds. Teach, um, T E A C H, um, you know, and, and again, the federal, you know, if you look up federal student aid or you go to the Sally May website, it's really going to help you. So, a teacher, what TEACH stands for, the acronym TEACH, is Teacher Education Assistance for College and Higher Education. Um, it's different from other federal grants because it requires you to take a certain kind of class in order to actually get the grant itself. And so, and then do a certain kind of job to keep that grant from turning into a loan. Um, so it pretty much can provide up to around 4000 a year for students who are contemplating a plan to complete their work, you know, and start teaching. I have a friend, my daughter's friend, Ariel. Um, she's been teaching in the public school, and they, will, they are going to pay off her loans for her, and we do have that kind of program here in Texas. Um, so the TEACH grant will, you know, aid in that, um, and then, of course, there's a, a, a Budget Control Act of 2011 
um, which is where the teach grant is distributed uh, out and, you know, it pretty much reduces any kind of percentage of the 6.9 award amount for the recipient, uh, which would have ever been el eligible for any other teach grant. So it's first dispersed right around October 1, and it must be certainly reduced by 6.6% from the award amount. So, you know, again, the sooner you apply for it, you know, the, the more money you can get. So I, I can't emphasize that enough. And so, you know, and, and here in Texas, we also have, you know, not just uh, like any service type uh, job, as in teacher, nurse, uh, police officer. Uh, these are programs I know that we have that you can take on um, the degree and then I, I, it's probably like a low interest loan. And then after you have finished your degree and you started in the position, then that employer will pay off your loans for you. So it, it, it really applies under a lot of the service type jobs. And so, again, check. I think check into your Department of Education at your state where you live. That will, that's another way to find out some really good, uh, you know, get good information. And, you know, if you want to apply for the, the TEACH grant, um, certainly you have to meet the criteria for any other federal student aid program. So, of course, what you have to do is start off with the FAFSA. Very, very important. It almost always goes back to the FAFSA no matter what. And then you you get enrolled as an undergraduate uh, in um, in the program and make sure that you certainly got to meet the eligibility requirements. But pretty much, again, it goes into your academics, scoring above the 75 percentile. Um, that could mean somewhere around a GPA of or maintaining a GPA of 3.25. And, you know, I think because colleges are so, so different, you know, just check with the financial aid department of the college that you're going to so that, you know, you can, you know, see what their requirements are for your GPA. I, I remember my kids had to only maintain like a 3.0 at their school for, to retain their scholarships. So, you know, again, it varies depending on what school you go to. So, and they do have counseling. This is a great thing, too. You can actually Google the teach uh, grant counseling, which will also help explain a lot of the terms and conditions. So, um, you know, if you sign that agreement, and, and that's the other thing, too. Keep in mind that if you do sign that agreement, then you do have to fulfill the requirements. So I know my, my daughter's friend, Ariel, was saying that um, she had, I think she had to teach, I think it was like some couple more years or whatever it was at that particular school um, before they would pay off the loans. So, uh, you you know, if you set out to say, I'm going to teach here or I'm going to work here, then, then you need to do it. Otherwise, what I believe happens is it turns and it'll, it won't, you won't um, get the grant. You'll have to end up paying off the loan yourself. So do, do keep that in mind. And okay. let's see here. Let's talk. I think we, we have pretty much time. covered a lot of, well, and you know what? We, we have a lot of grants too. And I, I think that if you know they're out there, you know, like I said, start off with the Sally Mae website, go to the Department of Education of the state that you live in. I think you'll find a lot of uh, maybe specific information that's just maybe for your state only that may not apply, that may apply to your state, but not another state. So start there first. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, this is, uh, like I said, part two, and we'll have links in there to some of our other podcasts. And then also we are going to be doing another um, two-part series on scholarships and more information about that. So thank you so much, Jean. Thank you. And you can find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com.
forward slash podcast. Look for College Grants, and this is Episode 68. Thanks so much, and remember, share and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.